which you might may not know, I was actually worked work for a funeral home, <laughs> funeral home in Pleasanton, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, so uh, with the with that job, we have to work every other weekend. So this is my weekend off, and just all that to say is just uh, I just love that I get to end my work week here in the presence of God with you all, mm -hmm. and uh, and I believe that's what you're longing for too. Um, is the presence of God and, and being here together, and where else? Why would you come here on a Friday night, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, this is this is just uh, this is awesome, and uh, and I'm really delighted and, and humbled um, to be here. And uh, this week, my, my better half's here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my wife Nori, uh, she's there in the back. Our two, we also have uh, uh, children. <laughs> Our uh, son and uh, eleven month, three and a half year old son and an eleven month old daughters uh with uh, my parents tonight and uh anyway so it's cool to see uh see another little one in here i heard that little cry earlier i was like wait baby who's the baby <laughs> and uh anyways mm -hmm. so uh how many of you guys miss going to school going to class and being a part of it all <laughs> no that's no. most but yeah and uh it's okay. Hey, every, different strokes for different folks. Um, <laughs> but uh, whose favorite uh, subject is history? Oh wow! Yes. Oh nice. Okay. Nice. Nice. And so obviously uh, it's February, right? <laughs> and uh, what do we usually? Uh, what do they usually acknowledge? What do we acknowledge in February as it relates to history? Uh, no. What? What are you gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> History. Oh, did you say love? No, I said, no, I said Lent. Oh, Lent. Oh, well, yeah, no, yeah, they, that works. That's good. Yes, that's true. That is very true. Somebody came into our funeral home with, uh, for a visitation on Wednesday with the ash on our floor to remind me, oh, yeah, it's Ash Wednesday, it's Lent. Um, what else? Anybody else? Uh, Black History Month. That's it. Bingo. So, um, and um, yeah, so yes, and uh, so that's actually, uh, um, what I wanted to speak about a little bit tonight, in honor of Black History Month, I wanted to just talk just for a few minutes about this man, man of God from the past, who God called forth to initiate and lead um, a massive revival um, in Los Angeles in 19, happened in 1906, and his name is William J. Seymour. Say William J. Seymour. William J. Seymour. <laughs> And uh, Dan, were you able to, can you pull up a picture of William Seymour um, on, on there, possibly? Anyways, he's a African-American man, a black man. His parents were former slaves. He was born in 1870. It's a long time ago, right? 1870, his parents were former slaves, and he was born in Louisiana. He was a man who was blind in one eye because he had, because uh, of smallpox, Mm. Uh, disease called smallpox and in preparation for tonight I, I just learning about him and his life and one of the things that stands out to me the most is the humility of this man mm -hmm. and I don't know what it is it's just so resonating with me and I just want to say this I want to just pass it on to you the Lord is attracted to humility mm -hmm. he is so attracted to the to the meek and the humble it says that his word says that he exalts the humble and brings low the proud, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and I don't know what it is about that. But I just even just as I say it, that he is just so attracted to, to humility. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for some reason, I feel like it relates to 
what we're doing here on Friday nights, um, just coming to a to a, to a humble place to seek Him and to seek to seek the Lord, and that's essentially the the, the life of William J. Seymour and what he was about. So unfortunately, uh, so he went to Bible college um, in his early 30s in Houston, Texas. And unfortunately at that time, I'm sure you guys know about it, there was these really bad laws in our land called the Jim Crow laws and there was segregation, even at Bible colleges. And, but this man, and it's making me emotional talking about, this man was so humble that he was at Bible college but he couldn't be in the class with the with the um, with the with the, his fellow white students, and that and but he obliged to sit outside the class in the hallway just to hear the lecture, just to hear the teaching, and and because it was in Houston, Texas, you know, it gets real humid and hot there. If it was too hot in the hallway, he would go outside and they would open up the window so he could hear. But just think about that the humility humility of that man, and his hunger for the Lord because. At this college was uh, a teacher, professor, whatever you want to call him, named, uh, his last name is Par Parnam, I forget his first name. But anyways, but he was the premier, at that time, what I would consider the premier um, teacher on the baptism of the Holy Spirit in America. And so, going back to William Seymour, so he's so hungry just to, to know God more, to experience God more, that he's willing to sit outside the class. And not only was he willing to sit outside the class during the lectures and the teachings, but that even their prayer times at the altar, he wasn't allowed to be a part of it with his white brothers and sisters in the Lord. Mm. And uh, so I'm going to I'm skipping out a lot of details, mm. which is uh, which is OK. If you want to learn more about him, there's plenty of documentaries on YouTube of the Azusa Street Revival and William Seymour. Mm. Uh, plenty of resources on the Internet. Just uh, do it. You know, Google. <laughs> Um, Google it if, if you want to learn more about his life, but I just want to fast forward to his call to Los Angeles from Houston, Texas, from his Bible college. And he actually got invited out to Los Angeles. Somebody had heard him preach, um, and they invited him out to a small church in Los Angeles, and, uh, and which he actually got kicked out of. He was in Los Angeles for less than a week, and it was, it was a black church, and they didn't like his teachings. They didn't like... And, and all he was teaching just straight from the Bible. They didn't like the whole his views on the on the end times, and they didn't really care for his theology on speaking in tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What the what the Bible talks about that we can experience it today. And the amazing thing about William Seymour is that he taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit before he even experienced it. And I'm like, whoa! Like when I think about stuff like that, I'm like, oh, I can't on different subjects to teach him. Well, I haven't. I have no experience in that. I don't want to teach on that. So that's one of the other things I learned from this man. Like, he taught on it before he actually experienced it himself. Mm -hmm. And so, and I uh, also want to say he was a man of prayer. Mm -hmm. A man seeking the face and the heart of God. And uh, um, and so so he, he goes to this church that he was invited to, to do a work for the Lord. Not just invited to speak, but to work there mm -hmm. at this church. Or what they called a mission back in that day. And so, but then he starts teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit in and, and the end times, and they don't like his thing, so they kick him out. So he's unemployed mm -hmm. and doesn't know what to do. Um, thank God there was another um, uh, African-American believer in L.A. that invited him into his home. He didn't know what to do with William Seymour, but to invite him in to, to host him 
and they sought the Lord together in prayer. Mm. Um, stories are told that they would pray all night sometimes. They would just contend in prayer. And uh, William Seymour didn't have a job at the time, but the man that was hosting him did. So they would be contending in prayer together and the man in the mornings and the man would have to go to work and William Seymour would stay praying mm. and seeking the Lord. And, uh, and the word would got out that there's a man here contending in prayer and people started joining him. And it was known that his prayer times would go from five to seven hours mm. of him contending in prayer. So all that to say was he was a man of prayer. And though, so from that place of contending in that man's home who was hosting him, he got invited to this other house, which I believe Amy has visited. It's his house on Bonnie Bray, Bray Street in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. He got invited to another small church to lead prayer meetings. Mm -hmm. And that's when it all happened. It all started, the Azusa Street Revival. Um, but to, just to take a few steps back, it wasn't just that one event. The ground was being tilled in the Los Angeles area way before that, mm -hmm. um, before this happened. So there were several just key factors that led to this revival, but this was uh, one of the main ones. And like I said, God used William Seymour to, to initiate it and to be the primary leader of it. And so he gets invited to this Bible study, to lead this Bible study, and it was on April 6th, we'll say 1906, and it was just a group, small group of people in a home on Bonnie Bray Street. Like I said, Amy, Amy got to visit it, what, two years ago? Yeah. It, so. the, yeah, you could feel the Lord in this house. You can visit it and go in and pray in there. It's, it's almost like a museum in a way wow. where they've kept it, you know, just so people can visit and pray. And we went in Ooh. and prayed, and it was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I didn't know you can go visit, so I think we got a, a road trip coming up soon. Yeah. <laughs> or sometime, <laughs> sometime soon. But anyways, um, so so what he did was he, he they went on a 10-day fast. He called for a 10-day fast um, and to seek the Lord. And he, he started teaching out of uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 4. I'm just going to read it real quick. Mm -hmm. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And I'm reading out of the Living Bible, which I've been reading out of lately. It's a paraphrased Bible, but I'm just it's really been enriching in my devotional time so um acts 2 4 and everyone present was filled with the holy spirit and we began speaking in languages they didn't know but the holy spirit gave them this ability so he was teaching on that so he initiated the they initiated the fast on august 6th he begins teaching on acts chapter 2 4 august 9th three days later mm -hmm. and and it was like what amy, like how amy says it kaboom <laughs> There was a kaboom in the room. Yeah. And uh, the man that was host that hosted him, he was the first one at, in the house that got baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, boom. And there was also this lady um, in the house too uh, um, who got whacked. I mean, like she was sitting in a chair like you all and she ended up on the floor, getting up, speaking in tongues. And only was she speaking in tongues, but she had the interpretation and uh, she also was a singer too, and uh, was singing and uh, praising, and then felt led by the Lord. The story goes, she felt led by the Lord to hop on a piano, similar to, similar to like this keyboard here, but had absolutely no experience on the piano. Supernaturally downloaded the gift to play. Boom, and that lady ended up turning out to be William Seymour's future wife. Mm -hmm. And so, anyways, they were just 
you got to imagine communities back in 1906. They aren't like ours. So there was just a big commotion there, and it actually drew people. It drew people to the house. And people would come to the house and get filled with the Spirit, get baptized in the Spirit before even entering. So all, the, all that to say is that the revival started at this house on Bonnie Bray Street, but then there's too many people that started coming. And so they had to move to a building on Azusa Street. Say Azusa. Azusa. Azusa Street. <laughs> I forget what that means in the uh, native uh, language. But uh, anyways, they moved to Azusa Street. And that's where the revival was. It lasted for three plus years. They had three services a day, seven days a week for three plus years. Holy smokes. Where people would come, not only just locally, but would come from around the world to get, to be touched by God in this revival. So all I have to say is like, what you guys know and what we know is like, this, this coronavirus has had, you see it has had a global impact. Well, Azusa Street Revival and revivals have global impact. This revival had a global impact because people would come from around the world, get touched in the revival, and they go take it back to where they were from. Mm -hmm. And I was watching this documentary on Azusa Street, and the documentary was made in 2006. So what was that? How many years ago was that in math? I was two. You were two? So the documentary was made in 2006, and what they said in this doc, how many years ago was that, 15? 14, 15, 15, yeah. 14, 15 years ago. So what they said in this documentary was that, in 2006, that 600 million people in 2006, 600 million believers around the globe can trace their spiritual roots back to that revival on Azusa Street. And it wasn't a glorious building that they were in, like this nice building we are in here today. It had dirt flooring, just your main plain seats. The pulpit was made out of uh, um, uh, made out of wood, just wood slapped together. And uh, anyway, so it just had a, a major global impact. And I just want to let you just let that sink in, mm -hmm. because that's what revival does. And when God comes in that way, boom, and. Uh, and it's awesome that it was in California. It was in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And uh, many miracles. You're talking about salvation, one of the greatest miracles. A lot of people being saved. A lot of people turning back to God. And then like we've talked about before, what, um, when the power of God is moving, so uh, moving and, and, and it's the way that the Holy Spirit does when there's an outpouring, blind eyes are open, the deaf ear. I just had wrote some notes. Just a little bit of notes on what some of the things that took place. The lame walk. Um, they heard choirs of angels singing. Mm -hmm. Like they, were, they would have moments where they would just wait on the Lord. No music. And they would hear choirs of angels singing on some, on some of the meetings. And um, on one of the meetings too, there was a guy who walked up to get prayed for. And he just had a stub for one of his arms. And I know they witnessed this uh, also, something similar at the revival that they're going to play on the video that happened in Florida, Pensacola. But they prayed for him, and they literally saw his arm grow out. Like, like <laughs> crazy, right? I haven't seen anything like that. I've been a part of a few, at least an awakening, but not a revival like that where we're seeing, like, limbs grow and, like, eyes open and ears here and... Um, there's also another story that they showed this guy walked up there with this huge growth on his face 
Um, now they didn't even say what it was. I don't know if it was a goiter or something like that, but they prayed for him. And they said they, they, they could hear, these are some of the testimonies from the revival that they heard a bunch of like his bones crack. Oh my gosh. And they heard that and then boom, his face was normal, completely healed. And, uh, <laughs> and, wow. and then the, 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 whoever wrote that testimony was like, yeah, he was a, he was a good looking guy too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so wow. anyway, so God did stuff like that. So many crutches, people walking lame, left with their crutches, left with their wheelchairs. And uh, just amazing. And uh, I guess the last thing I want to end with about the revival and about William Seymour, like he was a man who experienced segregation, experienced uh, racism and those kinds of things. But uh, so when the revival began, going back to that Bonnie Bray Street, it was all black believers. But you know what they did? Because they started drawing white believers too, they integrated. He didn't say, no, this is just us. He said, no, this is for everybody. And uh, and they never took credit. Well, the story goes that he, he, they, he never took credit for what God was doing. He, they gave all God the glory. And just so, just going back to William Seymour and just, uh, uh, just uh, man, just a humility, humble man of God that God used to, to, to release a global, global impact mm -hmm. um, that was, that's still having impact today. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so this, uh, I had a few scriptures that I wanted to read. But uh, but uh, maybe I'll just read I'll just read one. I had about five, but I just want to read one, and that's it's in Luke 11. Because I hope this is um, sharing this just in what we're what we're sharing on these nights about revival. Just stir hunger, stir hunger for more God, stir hunger for more what's available in God, and um, and and seek Him in, in humility, and and come to Him in, in humility. So Luke 11, and I got to read, um, so starting in verse 1, and this goes back to prayer, which is awesome because we're, we're in a house of prayer right now. Once when Jesus had been out praying, one of his disciples came to him as he finished and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. And this is the prayer he taught them. Father, may your name be honored for its holiness, send your kingdom, give us our food day by day, and forgive our sins, for we have forgiven those who sinned against us, and don't allow us to be tempted. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this illustration. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You would, you would, shout, up, you would shout up to him, hey friend of mine, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing to give him to eat. He would call down from his bedroom. Please don't ask me to get up. The door is locked for the night, and we are all in bed. I just can't help you this time. But I tell you this, though he won't do it as a friend, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you everything you want just because of your persistence. And so it is with prayer. Keep on asking, and you will keep on getting Keep on looking and you will keep on finding. Mm -hmm. Knock and the door will be opened. Mm -hmm. Everyone who asks receives. All who seek find. Mm -hmm. And the door is open to everyone who knocks. Mm -hmm. and, and this is going, this is verse 11. This is Jesus. You men, Jesus speaking, you men who are fathers, if your boy asks you for bread, do you give him a stone? 
If he asks you for fish, do you give him a snake? If he asks you for an egg, do you give him a scorpion? Of course not. And even if sinful persons like yourselves give children what they need, don't you realize that your heavenly Father will do at least as much and give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him? Come on. So all I can say when I end with this, just ask. Let's ask the Lord tonight in humility for more of the Holy Spirit. Um, I know we, we sang a lot about the Holy Spirit last week, and it was so, so good. So good. So let's continue. I would just encourage you guys to continue to press in, to come in here humbly. Humble yourselves before the Lord, before each other, and to seek his face and watch what God will do. Mm -hmm. Amen.